This is the Intimacy Podcast, formerly known as Bedroom Confidence for Good Women. You are listening to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, Episode 21. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, a podcast for my sisters who are ready to rock some serious confidence in the bedroom. I'm your host, certified coach instructor, Rhonda Farr. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm not a very good singer. You don't have to email me and tell me that. I know it. So I will stop with that. But when I thought about this topic today, I did think about that song from my childhood. Any other 90s kids out there? Remember Salt and Peppa? They probably didn't put out the best music, so if your parents wouldn't let them, you listen to them, maybe you don't remember. How are you, my sisters? How's life going? Today, we're talking about how to talk to your husband about physical intimacy. How to talk about sexual intimacy in your marriage. When you think about talking about your sex life, how does it make you feel? Do you feel comfortable talking about it? Does your husband feel comfortable? Honestly, you know, a lot of women do want to talk about it and they have the higher sex drive. We've talked about this before. And sometimes it's the men who don't feel comfortable. Did your family of origin make it awkward and weird to talk about? These are all things that might be affecting how you feel about communicating about sexual intimacy now. So whichever side of this communication you fall on, whether it be the one who's excited to talk about it, whether you be the one who's a little more reluctant, I want you to really think about some of the questions and things I ask and what they mean for you. I remember the first time I got the sex talk when I was a kid. Can you guys remember? <laughs> I remember it was a Sunday. It was after church. Knowing my mom, she'd probably like fasted and prayed about how to talk about this subject and how to do it right. She never told me that, but that's what my guess is. But I do remember her telling me some really functional things about how sex worked and really functional things about like how everything fit together. And I remember sitting there and I was like, in shock hearing what she was saying and in my mind I was playing all this out and finally realized oh my gosh my parents had to have done that to create me and I have three brothers and they had to have done it at least four times (laughs) and I was I was putting all these pieces together about what she was telling me I honestly just wanted to gouge my eyeballs out and cut my ears off so I would never have to look at them again or ever have to hear those words uttered again in my life. (laughs) What kind of experience did you have? Maybe yours wasn't like that. And you know what? I don't really blame my parents, my mom, for that experience. Um, (laughs) I think she was doing the best she could with that, and given my personality at the time, not sure it could have gone a ton better. And to be quite honest with you, I think I may have ruined my oldest child for a little while too, You got to remember, I have a high schooler and I wasn't doing this work when he was younger, when we taught him about sex. So I remember getting him a treat. I can't remember if it was donuts or ice cream. He likes both a lot. And I remember 
One night we let him stay up later because he was the oldest. All of his brothers went to bed and we gave him this treat so it would be like a fun, exciting thing. And then we told him all the sex stuff. And we have this little book that was recommended by someone else. And my husband says, it's kind of like a pornographic cartoon. That's what he thinks. Anyway, it just tells the functional stuff, but it does show these people so it can uh, give the anatomy of it in a very non-detailed, cartoonish way. But anyway, my son told me later, he's like, Mom, I couldn't even eat ice cream for like six months after that. It was the worst thing ever, and you made me read that book with you, and uh, it was so bad. I was doing the best I could, dear. (laughs) I prayed about it, tried to do it right. So anyway, I think I ruined my kid. So if we have one of those uh, interactions that's not so great, eh, I'll probably recover. I did. So whatever your first sex talk was like, you know, who knows? Maybe that still comes up in your mind today when you think about talking about with your spouse. If not, when you're talking about your spouse, it probably will come up when you think about telling your kids about sex because I know it did for me. Here's the thing. Talking about sex in general is super important, but especially, and of course I'm talking about in an age-appropriate way all along the way. If you've listened to my how to talk to your kids about sex without shame and embarrassment, you're going to know what I'm talking about. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it because I share with you all the things I've learned lately that I wish I knew when I was teaching my older kids. I still have a baby in kindergarten, so I think I'm doing a little bit better with him. But anyway, back to the marriage sex talk. Whatever it was like for you, you probably carry some of that into your marriage and into your adulthood. And it's super important that we get comfortable talking about sex, but so many of us aren't. So many of us aren't talking about it for a multitude of reasons. And I get that. I really do. Uh, Sometimes it can be awkward, even when you're kind of comfortable talking about like me. There are certain things with my husband, even still today, that I'm like, oh, we should really talk about that, or I'd like to bring this up. And sometimes it's really hard, even still, to figure out the best way to bring it up. So there's no judgment here. I get it. Talking about intimate and personal details is pretty vulnerable. And if we don't feel emotionally safe in the relationship, we're probably not going to be up for sharing our innermost desires. So if you don't have that foundation of safety and emotional connection, go back and listen to that podcast. I think it's episode 15 where I talk about why that's so important. But the truth is, here's the flip side of it. If we keep everything inside and we don't talk about sex and we don't talk about our intimate relationship, it really can be detrimental to you and especially to your marriage as a whole. Because when a relationship lacks the ability to share and be genuine, that's the exact opposite of intimacy. Really think about that. What is intimacy to you? It's sharing, right? It's connecting. It's being open and vulnerable and feeling safe to do that. And when we can't, it leaves a huge gap in the relationship. There's this whole other piece of us that our partner never knows, that they never get to be privy to and they never get to be a part of. Now, that being said, 
from day one, you're probably not going to say, oh, by the way, here are all my desires, here are all my feelings, here are all my thoughts. These are some of the things that I would love to try. You're probably not going to do that from day one. It's definitely something that builds slowly over time. And I think it's important to realize that, that if you're a newlywed, or even if you've been married for 30 years and you haven't really talked about your sexual relationship much out loud, when you start in the beginning, just know it's a process. And I think that in itself will be super helpful. So you're not thinking there's something wrong with you. There's not something wrong with your relationship. It's just something that you have to develop. But I do think that it's super important that you develop it. I've worked with so many women, you guys, who feel so stifled in their relationship. And not just in talking about sex, but in general. When they feel like they can't be themselves, that somebody else always dictates what happens and always dictates what's going on, these women start to feel really stifled and depressed because they never feel heard or seen for who they are and for what they want. So I want you to think about that and just let's, let's take sex off the table for a minute. Think about what it's like to be in a relationship like that. Even if you're the more dominant person in your marriage, Have you been in a calling with somebody who kind of dominates? Have you been in a work situation? It sucks, right? It's really hard. And when you're in a marriage for years and years and you feel like you can never really voice your opinion and be truly heard, it stifles you. And I've seen so much depression come when women think that they're less important, when they think they can never be honored and they can never truly be themselves. And you know what? When you can't open up and be your genuine and authentic self, it really hurts the other person too because of what I said before. There's that lack of intimacy. So even if you're the dominant one, it might feel good. Like I get what I want and even in the bedroom. So let's take it back to the bedroom for a minute. It feels good for a little while to be the one dictating and always in charge, maybe. But you know this if you're in this situation There comes a point when you're like, no, I want you to want it too. I want you to want to express yourself. I don't want it to just be for me all the time. I've heard a lot of men say that. Like, you know, it's just not as satisfying and fun when I know she's not into it and she doesn't care. So whichever side of this you're on, if you can work together to help each other feel heard, to help each other feel safe, so that they can be genuine and authentic, it's going to help both of you. It's going to help the marriage as a whole. In some really extreme cases, I've even seen some couples get divorced because they just can't figure this out. All right, so that's my preface for today. Instead of just giving you a checklist of do's and don'ts, I really want to try to help you understand why some of you might be reluctant to talk about sex, okay? Because if you can't figure this part out, I know you're not going to follow through with some checklist that I give you about when and where and how and how not to, which I will give you some of those pointers toward the end too. One of my listeners actually requested this uh, subject. So I hope you get what you want to out of this. I kind of took it in my own way. Okay. Because if any of you know me, you know that I'm not somebody who just says, let's slap a band-aid on the symptoms of your problem. You know that I like to dig a little deeper. I like to get to the root of the issue, not just to try to change the symptoms that you're experiencing, but get down deep in there and figure out why you're experiencing these issues. So if somebody doesn't want to talk about sex, there's a reason why, okay? 
And there could be many reasons. But that's where real change occurs when we figure that part out. So do me a favor, all of you listening, I want you to imagine that tonight, for some weird reason, (laughs) I don't know how I could implement this, but I said you have to have a conversation with your husband or your wife, for my brothers who are out there listening, we love you too, but if I said you have to have a conversation with your partner about sex tonight, how do you feel? What comes up for you? Come on, just pretend with me. What's the first thoughts and feelings that come up in your mind if you say you have to have the conversation? Was it excitement? Was it fear or dread? Was it anticipation? I want you to make a note of whatever it is that you felt, okay? Just write it down somewhere. And then I want you to ask yourself, why? Why do I feel that way? Seriously, you guys, especially if the feeling was a negative one, you need to do this exercise. Pause me right now if you need to and go do it. All you do is you write down the feeling at the top of the page, fear, dread, anxiety, excitement, if that's what it was. And then I want you to write under that feeling, I feel this way because dot, dot, dot. And then I want you to fill up the page with everything that comes out of your brain. I feel this way because my husband always gets what he wants and he'll be mad at me if he knows that I don't want it. Or maybe you say, I feel this way because I really do have these desires, but I don't know how to tell him and it's terrifying. Maybe you say, I feel this way because if I tell him the truth, then he's going to make me want to, or he's going to want me to stop and follow through on all these things. And I'm just not ready to do that yet. Whatever it is, fill up a page with every single thing that comes to mind. Don't judge yourself. Don't filter yourself. Just get it all out. You might be surprised by what's been hiding inside your brain. What are you afraid of? And think about this. If you're the one who really does want to talk about sex and maybe your partner has that feeling of terror or um, lack of safety and they're not willing to listen to this podcast with you, although I think you should at least ask, but if it's your partner who has more of a negative emotion, maybe you write down, I think they would feel terrified. And the reason they probably feel terrified is, and maybe write that down. Maybe you could try to anticipate what's going on in their mind. And of course, you're not going to be exactly right, but it will help you get into a better space of perhaps just being more empathetic of what they're dealing with. All right. Maybe some of the things that come out would be it's considered weak to be open and vulnerable. I know some of us have got that messaging. Some men for sure, but maybe even some women think that they would be considered weak to be vulnerable. Are you afraid of what your partner might think about your honest thoughts and your hidden desires? Will they think you're a freak? I don't know. If you share your ideas, will you be expected to carry them out like I mentioned before? And maybe you're just not ready to do that. Ooh, will your thoughts and your feelings be used against you in the future if you're honest right now? I know before in my marriage, I was one of those. My husband used to say, my brain is a vault. (laughs) He's like, you never forget anything. Anything I say, anything I do, you never forget it. And you always bring it up. I've been working on that, by the way. I hope he wouldn't say those things so much now. Maybe there's something in your past that makes the topic feel unsafe. Maybe something long before you were married. Or maybe there's something that's even happened in your current relationship 
that has you feeling a little guarded. And maybe that's not like some terrible abuse or something, but I know sometimes men will just make comments off the cuff about our body that they don't think are terrible, just like something that they're noticing. Or maybe they've said something like, you're never into it and this is terrible and I don't like it when you're not into it. And that's caused us to feel a little bit uncomfortable. So it doesn't even have to be like some huge abuse situation. Maybe something in your relationship, words were said or whatever, that just make you feel a little uneasy. And this next one is something that I feel like happens for a lot of us, mostly women, but some men too. Maybe you've never even given yourself the opportunity to think about what you like and don't like. So it's just super awkward and frustrating to you because you don't even know how to go into the conversation and speak for yourself. Whatever it is that comes out of your brain, that's the work that you need to unravel so you can start having these conversations that are authentic and genuine with your spouse. That's what I do with my women. We get all these thoughts out and sometimes men too. I actually am working with a couple of men too, but that's what we do when you work with me. We get a little bit deeper and figure out the root of the problem. And then when we can work through those issues, that's where we have that foundation to build that sexual intimacy that you've always been thinking of. I saw this lady on um, a social media forum that I'm in about women's sexuality. And she said, I'm seeing this therapist and, you know, I've gone to a few sessions and we hardly even talk about sex. And she's like, I just feel like she's not listening to me. She's not helping me. And... I feel like maybe there's something wrong. And so I messaged her on the public forum, not private messenger, but I said, you know, I'm not a therapist, but I am a certified coach who work with tons of people just like you. And oftentimes we have to address the emotional issues first before we can get to the sexual. And the reason is you have to build this foundation that you can stand on before you start getting deeper into those other issues. Otherwise, It just won't last. If you don't change the mindset and dig into the root of the problem, I can tell you to wear the lingerie and use this thing and act this way and say these words, but it's not going to last. You might plow through it with willpower and try it one time and you're going to feel awkward and terrible and think, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. This never works. It works for other people. Something's wrong with me. That's why you have to dig out these other issues, you guys, so you can build this foundation of a close connected relationship. And when we start talking about sex, these are some of the things that we have to take care of first. Okay. I wanted to share with you really quick, um, somebody who had some of these issues and they hadn't figured them out yet. I was talking to a husband one time and he shared that he had been counseled by the bishop as a youth for an ongoing period of time. So he had been, I don't know, meeting like every couple of weeks or once a week. I don't know how it went, but very regularly. And the bishop was kind of helping him to suppress some of these sexual feelings and desires. This husband had also suffered some sexual abuse. And he himself felt very uncomfortable talking about sex as an adult. Yes, sometimes it's the husbands, okay? And he kept thinking, what is wrong with me? I'm broken. And his wife had some issues too. But he kept thinking, you know, most men like this and most men want to talk and most men want to do these things. He could not figure it out. 
And actually, it led to a divorce in this marriage. Uh, But what I finally told him was, you kept trying to fix the actions and take different actions and do different things and force yourself into being that manly man that you thought you were supposed to be without fixing and understanding the underlying issues, which were subconsciously his brain was saying, no, you must suppress all these sexual feelings, sex and sexual activity. Those are very dangerous things because of the abuse and probably because of all that ongoing training to suppress his urges and desires. He felt like he just was dirty or wrong if he let all of that go. So, you know, if you still feel like it's wrong as an adult and bad to indulge in these thoughts, even on a subconscious level, if you still feel that way as a married man or woman, what do you think that does to you in your relationship? You know, I know many women have talked about uh, what we sometimes refer to as the good girl syndrome. Basically, that's when she's been taught her whole life that in order to be good, to be worthy or pure, she shouldn't participate in any of the thoughts, any of the conversations, especially none of the acts of a se- that are of a sexual nature. And it sounds strange that a married adult, man or woman, would feel this way. But for any of you who have struggled with this, you know how real it is and how hard it can be to overcome. For any of you feeling that way right now, I want you to consider that you're not that adolescent kid anymore. It's no longer wrong, right? Because you're not the same person. It's time to start feeding your brain some different messaging than what it got in the past. We have to start really very intentionally telling ourselves that it's okay. What if talking about and participating in sex doesn't make you dirty or bad at all? If you're one of these people with the good girl or the good boy syndrome, I really want you to consider that question. What if it doesn't make you dirty or bad at all? What if now, as a married adult, being willing to openly discuss your intimate thoughts and desires actually makes you righteously engaged in strengthening the most important eternal relationship that your Heavenly Father has blessed you with? What if engaging and indulging in these things now as an adult is strengthening your eternal marriage in a way that your Heavenly Father wants for you? What, I want you to really think about that. If you're somebody who feels super uncomfortable even talking about sex, you need to figure out why so you can move forward with the right mindset to really connect with your spouse. I give you permission right now to do that. If nobody has ever in your life, I give you permission to let it go. I give you permission to move forward and still be righteous and whole and worthy and also be totally devoted to your intimate connection, your physical connection with your husband. Now listen, if you're the one who has a partner who's very reluctant to talk, just know that there's a reason behind that for them. It might be incredibly difficult not to take that personally too, by the way. But I promise you, it's something about them that's going on in their own minds. And your first conversations that you have about sex might need to just start there. Hey, listen, I know you're reluctant to talk about this and I don't want to push you, but I would love it if we could figure out this little piece of our relationship together. 
they probably need a very safe space to even start to figure out why they're feeling the way they do. So for some of you who has a spouse who's super reluctant, you're going to have to take it back a step further, okay? And that's what I do in my relationship. I help them take it back to the deepest, the the beginning of the issue and try to get those things out because we can try to fix a sexual relationship from this other side where we're like, okay, you're in the bedroom, do all these things differently. But I promise you guys, that's like trying to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. They might plow through some of those acts that you want them to do or some of those new things that you would love to try. But if we don't fix the root, it's not sustainable. So let go of those old beliefs. If you can't do that on your own, find some help. You're not wrong. You're not dirty to acknowledge those most intimate desires. I give you permission to be excited about physical intimacy. I invite you to figure out what it is that's holding you back so you can experience that most intimate and vulnerable connection in your marriage. If you find that you need a little bit of help trying to figure this out, make sure you contact me so we can chat. I don't know. Maybe I can help you. Maybe I can't, but there's only one way to find out. As always, you can find my information at rondafar.com. Just email me. There's a link to my schedule somewhere on that page. (laughs) But if it sounds like something that you'd be interested in, reach out to me. I would love to see if I could help you too, just because I know how important this is. All right. So what if you have two willing partners and you don't have any of those huge hangups that I was just talking about, about sex, but it still just feels a bit awkward. I feel like this is where my husband and I were for a while. Okay, so it wasn't like I had these deep issues and he had these deep issues, although there were a few things, but they were mostly things that we could handle on our own. Listen carefully. This is important. If there aren't any deep issues and it feels super awkward still, it's totally normal. (laughs) Oh, goodness. My husband and I have gone through this for sure. I would just say to all of you, if you're just now starting to really open up a dialogue about sex, just expect it to feel uncomfortable. Expect it to feel weird and awkward and kind of choppy, like you don't even know what to say at first. And do it anyway. Just keep reminding yourself that as you increase your emotional intimacy together, you're actually laying the foundation for the sexual intimacy that you want. Yep, you have to push past that awkward. Be open and vulnerable with each other. And then that's where you can start to build the physical side of things. In my practice, I often spend a lot of time up front, like I told you before, helping my clients to learn the emotional connection they need to support and be the foundation for the physical connection that they're hoping for. So how do we start doing that? I recommend you actually start small. If one or both of you is uncomfortable with the subject matter, just start small. Maybe you could set a timer for like 15 minutes with no expectations that's going to lead to anything else, okay? So in my relationship, I'm a little more vocal. My husband's a little more quiet. Like he takes a little more time to process things. And he loves this idea of slowing things down. So if you're the more dominant one who's like all in, ready to talk, consider where your spouse is coming from and slow things down for them if you need to. And this is going to take some practice, 
the first time might not be super great. (laughs) Expect that your first conversations are going to be a little weird or maybe not what you thought. And just be willing to keep trying. The second thing is schedule it. Put that 15 minutes on the calendar. Please don't bombard your spouse with all this talk during the moment when you're trying to get intimate in the bedroom. Talk about a (laughs) buzzkill. Have you guys ever watched that movie, The Notebook? It's on Netflix now. Anyway, Rachel McAdams' character, she keeps blabbing on and on and on while they're trying to be intimate for the first time. (laughs) She's saying like, what are you thinking? And you know, all these things. My husband and I laugh about that movie because it reminds us so much of us. He's like, yep, that's definitely you talking. Your brain's going a mile a minute. (laughs) Probably thinking about the kids and lunches. I've tried to rein that in a little bit, but that's just how it goes sometimes, right? Anyway, back to what I was talking about. Don't be in the moment, in the act of physical intimacy and say, hey, by the way, I think we need to talk about this. I don't like it when you do that, and I don't like it when you do this, and I wish you'd do this more. It's going to ruin everything, okay? So... No trying to learn to talk about sex during sexy time. It sounds backwards, but just trust me. You're going to ruin the, ruin the mood and you're both going to be frustrated. Once you get things figured out and you're good at this and you want to talk in a bit of a different way during sexy time and totally encourage each other and do things a little differently, yes, totally go for it then. That's a different story. But in the beginning, no, just no. Okay, where was I? It's also super important to know that your personality styles and communication styles are going to be a little bit different probably. So if you've had agreements or disagreements or communication about other things, not just physical intimacy, you've probably already learned about that. Okay, so like I said, for me, I'm a bit more outspoken. I'm a little more quick with my words and my husband's a bit more of the processor. He needs to slow down the conversation. He needs to take time to think about it, really understand what I said. And actually, this is a good idea for even us fast talkers. It helps us to listen hard. It helps us to really understand. One of my husband's favorite suggestions that we learned a while ago is to allow each person to fully finish their thought without any interruption And then wait at least 30 seconds for responding. He just kept, I was surprised that, because I always said he doesn't like to talk and I do. And I was surprised he kept going on and on about how much he really liked that. So listen without interruptions and then really try to understand your partner. If you have mismatched communication styles, this is going to be a game changer. All right. Also, don't be afraid to call a timeout if you need to. If things are getting too much, just take a little break and try again. Say we're going to set this timer for five minutes and we'll come back to it again. Call that time out when you need to. When you get talking really fast, you may have heard me talking about this with Brian Willoughby on the pornography um, episode, but when you start talking about things really fast and people are you know, interrupting and kind of pinging back and forth so quickly, it's more like we are communicating our point. We're talking to just prove what we want versus talking to really understand the other person and try to understand our own points of view in a better way. So slowing down the conversation is a big one. Set some ground rules if you must. 
I think it's a good idea to just make sure that both partners know that anything they say will be kept safe, that it won't be shared with family members or friends during a girl's night or a boy's night out. That goes back to that understanding of emotional safety and respect. But for somebody who's really reluctant to open up and be vulnerable, I think they really need to feel that whatever they say is going to be kept safe. And by safe, of course, that means not telling other people, but it also might mean that you won't bring it up later as ammunition in some way, like we talked about early, earlier. What if you don't even know where to get started? Like, how do we even start this conversation? Because my husband and I were like that a little bit. Like, we both were like, yeah, let's talk about it. But then when it come time, we didn't even know what to say sometimes. I think a great way for beginners to break the ice is just come to the conversation with one question that you'll both answer. And then as you get more comfortable, you can for sure expand the conversation. So if you need some icebreaker ideas, especially in the beginning... Maybe here are some things you could talk about. Maybe you both could answer these questions up front and it will lead to more. Who first taught you about sex and how did that experience go? I think that's a good one that's not super threatening. Maybe you could ask, what expectations did you have about sex coming into marriage? How do those expectations differ now? Maybe you could ask, do you have any fears about our sexual relationship. If you do have some fears, what are they? And listen, if you really go there and you want to ask these questions, you have to be able to hear the answer and let the other person speak without judgment. It's such an important piece of this. Maybe if you're getting a little more uh, comfortable with the talk, maybe you can ask, what feels good in our relationship? What do you like? Maybe you can ask, what doesn't feel good? That's another one of those. You're going to have to hear what they say without taking everything personally and judging. As you start to ask each other these questions and you feel more and more comfortable answering, add your own questions in. Maybe keep a little list somewhere where you're like, oh, this is something I'd like to know or this is something I'd like to talk about. And then when you go into the conversation, it's not like, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you think? right? Kind of like when you're asking your husband what he wants to do on the weekend. I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you? (laughs) That's not fun when you're trying to have a connecting moment, is it? Okay, you guys, I know this can be a little comfortable sometimes, but guess what? Growth happens in discomfort. That's how we get stronger, by being willing to go there. Think about it. That's how we grow any muscle, By using it, by practicing it, by stretching it to the limits. And then we get stronger and stronger and we're able to lift more and more. Learning to share and talk about these things will take your intimacy to the next level. It will. It also will be a challenge in the beginning. It will bring you closer if you do it in a way that is loving in a way that is non-judgmental and we're not taking things personally all the time, in a way that gives the other partner space to be who they are in the situation and it gives them that emotional safety to be open without feeling afraid. All right, I know it seems logical that we should be talking about something so vital to our relationship, 
But for many of us, it just seems scary. And that's okay. Just acknowledge it. Figure out why it's scary. It might not be easy to start talking, but it can heal your soul when you start connecting on this deeper level. It can really bind you together when you allow each other in and you feel the safety that you need to talk about these things. But as I said before, just expect it to feel uncomfortable at first and do it anyway because you deserve a happy, connected, intimate marriage. All right, just to recap, practice acceptance of each other in all aspects of the relationship. That builds the emotional intimacy, right? Because when both partners feel accepted and they're um, feeling comfortable sharing non-intimate feelings, they're going to be more open to start sharing the more vulnerable thoughts and desires. Choose a time to talk that's convenient for both of you. Do not try to have this discussion when one of you is trying to be intimate already. I may have made that mistake a couple of times earlier in my marriage, so no judgment if you've done it, but just know it's not the best way to do it. Also, if one of you is super tired or super emotional or distracted, like somebody's watching their favorite show and you say, hey, turn that off, I want to talk about this, that's probably not the best time either. So schedule a time that's convenient for both of you. Be willing to feel a bit awkward and uncomfortable. It will get easier as you do it more. Some people say they don't even like to look eye to eye when they first start talking. Consider going for a walk together so you're side by side. Or maybe you're cuddling on the couch, not looking into each other's eyes. For some of you, that might be helpful in the beginning. Recognize you both have different desires and needs, and that's okay to be different, okay? This will help you be more open to hearing what your partner has to say without judgment and taking things personally. Ask and answer good questions. Start small with those questions. And lastly, just as a last reminder, I would say just listen, 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 listen without taking offense. Try to really understand where the other person is coming from. You don't have to agree with them, but if you try to understand why the other person feels the way they do, it will help you find solutions together. The more comfortable you are telling each other the truth, the more intimacy you will have. All right, my sisters and some of my brothers, go forward with confidence that you can figure this out. I hope that you've had some thoughts sparked. Maybe there's just one thing that we talked about today that you want to work on. And for some of you who are feeling super reluctant or who have a spouse that's super reluctant, that one thing should probably be building the foundation so that they even feel safe enough to talk to you. That one thing even before building the foundation, should be just understanding why this subject is so hard for them. That's the deeper work that needs to be done. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week.